in the community that I'm in, trans people are, unfortunately, they don't have the safety. A lot of them don't with, you know, their family may have neglected them and just like completely rejected them and they've been kicked out of the house. They're on the streets. They're very unsafe. You know, the environment they're in or in several states in America, it's Mm. actually legal to be just fired for being trans. I'm wanting to sort of like show that my life is so normal and not what maybe the media portray trans people as because I would have wanted to see that as a kid. Maybe that would have helped me discover myself a lot sooner. My mum says she may have lost a daughter, but she's gained a son. It's almost like you're being the superhero you wish you had. Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of Same Shit Different Brain Series 3 with me, Rebecca Ryder. Same Shit Different Brain is the podcast that opens up honest conversations about mental health, creates human connection and helps you to love yourself more. This week I speak to trans speaker and activist George Evans. This episode just warmed my heart so much. George is a joy to talk to. He has such a generosity of spirit and he's so eloquent and engaging and has so many beautiful things to say. His passion for helping people to believe in themselves and have hope for the future is just so life-affirming and we need more people like George in the world. George became an in-demand speaker after his Pride Month 2022 LinkedIn post, proudly declaring his trans identity, got millions of views. He's since become a celebrated public speaker, a LinkedIn top voice, and he regularly travels around to share his story with different businesses and audiences, educating them on diversity and inclusion for the transgender community. In George's own words, I'm now using my voice to educate the world on what it truly means to be transgender, sharing the stories of my transition and mental health. A Stonewall survey found that 41% of trans men and trans women had experienced a hate crime or incident because of their gender identity in the last 12 months, and 25% of trans people have experienced homelessness at some point in their lives, so it really can't be overstated how important voices like George's really are. Not to mention, the Stonewall School Report found that 64% of trans children are bullied at school or college and 84% of trans children have deliberately harmed themselves at some point. Devastatingly, 45% of trans children have attempted to take their own life. Enough's enough, it really is. When are people just going to be allowed to safely be themselves? George is such a beautiful example of living in his truth and radiating such positivity in the face of everything he campaigns against as he fights for equal rights in the most loving way. I can't imagine having to justify your existence in this world and still being even half as inspirational and effervescent as George. He's clearly going to make a positive impact on the lives of many people in the trans community and he already is, as you'll hear from our conversation. So I hope you enjoy this chat and let me know what you think. Hi Becky. Hi George, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you very much for being here and I'm really happy to be chatting to you. I love all your stuff that I've seen since your LinkedIn post went pretty viral. I think you'd call a few million views <laughs> yeah. this time last year or something, wasn't it? Or... Yeah, it was summer last year basically. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. actually Pride Month last at very end of Pride Month. So probably, yeah, bang on almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, For anyone unfamiliar with what you do, would you like to give a quick intro to who you are and what it is? 
Yeah, of course. So, yeah. So, hello, everybody. My name is George Evans. I am a 30-year-old trans man from North Wales. And in short, that basically means that I was assigned female at birth. 20 years of my life, I lived as female. And I didn't question anything. It was nothing that I ever questioned at all. I live in a very rural area, especially at the time. And I live in a town. But back then, I lived in like a middle of a field, my, you know, very country Welsh lifestyle. And um, yeah, never questioned it. And then got my first partner, girlfriend, when I was about 19, 18, 19. And then, yeah, obviously sexuality and gender are very different, but it was just like a lot of self-discovery, basically. Um, obviously, fast forward to now, yeah. uh, didn't didn't plan on making this like a thing that I was ever going to do in my life. Didn't think mm. I'd be talking to the likes of you and, you know, about all this stuff. But here we are. But yeah, so last year I um, posted on LinkedIn, actually. Never posted on LinkedIn really ever before. Um, you know, maybe oh. didn't post here and there, maybe to something to do with you know marketing or design the field that I'm in nothing too interesting really um and didn't have a lot of followers again very normal LinkedIn account nothing you know different to anybody else really and then decided to just post about myself because I thought well if it's on the internet it's there forever I can't ever hide away from it and I just want to be completely mind the pen transparent with everything (laughs) yeah and yeah I just thought maybe it might educate a few ex-colleagues of mine you know I don't know. I just didn't think anything of it. I thought I might just educate a few people. And then I just remember going to pick up my stepdaughter from school. And within mm-hmm. 30 minutes, came back and it, it jumped about 30,000, 40,000 likes on the post. And like I said before, I, that was nothing I've ever had before. So it, it blew my mind, if I'm honest. And it, it really quite it scared me in a way because it's not something you're used to. You know, if you're not used to that attention, um, it's quite scary. Mm-hmm. It just showed me how this was obviously something that people needed to hear. So ever That's since then, it's just stemmed into today really and how it's just keep talking about the conversation which is great it's amazing yeah the things that I think scare us most are often the things that people do really need to hear Mm. and not that I'm conflating the two experiences but I've had my own journey with sharing about ADHD over the last year or so and like when you start out it feels like the scariest thing and the more you talk about it the more you connect with people and the more Mm. you realize that actually it's really important to share you oh yeah, find yeah. those connections with other people. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And I loved that you were proudly declaring who you were in a community which is not really traditionally um, about deviating from the status quo. You know, LinkedIn all about just looking professional, staying within. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I. I mean, I personally think that was a huge factor in why the post did so well because yeah. it, I. Maybe if I posted that on, let's say, TikTok or Instagram, I don't think it would have got the engagement it did. I think purely because it was on a platform where historically it has been very professional and very, you know, you've got to post certain things in case you, you know, employers see it or blah, blah, blah. So I kind of just thought I'm just going to post it because I, I'm sick of seeing how people like myself are treated in the workplace because of being who they are you know, gender, sexuality, you name it. If, if it's not the societal norm, then it's it's frowned upon in the workplace. Yeah. And I think that's why it got the attention it did because it was so, I guess, kind of controversial in a way because it, it's nobody wants to talk about the hard topics. Like you said, it's, it's almost like, if it's a if it's something that's not meant to be talked about in the workplace it's i don't know it's like it's sort of like a you're crossing dangerous like ter- territories type of thing and um i think yeah sometimes uncomfortable conversations are the ones that spark people's interests which is odd to say but it's i think it's the truth definitely and i mean i think a lot of what 
traditionally counts as professional is deeply aligned with the patriarchy isn't it so there's a lot of crossover there and that's why it is so refreshing to see and we do need to see more kindness and acceptance on platforms like that because there's just so much division and hate in the world it's it's boring Mm. it's like being nice is radical you know what I mean yeah (laughs) no I know it's just I've never understood like why I mean when I when I posted it for example I didn't think much about the hate comments that I'd get. Um, Luckily, it it was very, very few. You know, I'd say 95, if not more percent were positive. Brilliant. And luckily, I'm not the type of person that gets... If I see a hate comment, I can just... I don't know if it's because I've watched... I grew up watching YouTube, so I kind of have been told, don't listen to comments. And it's just sort of ingrained in my brain, probably. But I didn't read the comments and get really upset. It would just, if anything, it would make me laugh because it made me realise wow, these people really do need educating if they think me being myself is wrong or, you know, living how I want to live and be happy is wrong um, to do. And it apparently it upsets their life. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Why would you be angry at somebody just for being who they want to be? I don't get it. Exactly. I think it always, in those cases, it must be triggering something inside them where they feel that they can't fully accept themselves. So they- I think that, yeah. Yeah, they just feel bitter, don't they? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like I remember, I remember years ago. Like um, I used to joke to my mum, like my. So my parents now they are the biggest supporters ever. I always make this very clear. But oh. my dad, bless him, he had he did have a hard time getting like, coming to terms with me being trans. You know, ten years ago now. So just to paint a picture of my dad, he's a very rural Welsh man. You know, rugby. You know, it's 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 he's been brought up in that sort of mindset of you know just you know if you're straight you're straight that's it like type of thing and yeah so he he, i remember him saying like he didn't get it and there's no just like i don't know he just just didn't get it and he didn't accept it rather you know how we were just saying then about obviously people me and you both think people must have this sort of thing about themselves that they're not accepting and i remember joking to him and my mum being like well maybe dad's gay (laughs) or maybe maybe he's trans too because he just doesn't accept it um (laughs) It was just funny, but obviously now he's the biggest supporter ever. But it definitely is a thing because, like, I've you know I've I've had a friend in the past, and I remember not to com- not to confuse gender and sexuality, but just to sort of paint a picture of, of something quite similar. Um, I remember having a friend in high school, and she was incredibly homophobic, and really like just any time she'd see anybody gay, especially a gay woman, you know, any any gay women that she'd see in mm-hmm. school, whatever on the street, she'd she'd make a comment, a slight like sly yeah. comment. And then we always knew she was gay because it was just very, you know, very obvious the comment she'd made. I don't know, it was just obvious. And then, you know, uh, years later she's gay. So it's like, it must be a thing that if you're uncomfortable about something, potentially it could mean that you're, you know, hiding something away. You're just scared to be yourself. I don't know. We'll yeah. Just, probably looking into it, but. <laughs> no, the, I mean, it comes from somewhere, doesn't it? You it's know? got to. It's got to. Anger is usually based around fear. So, yeah. There's very something. true something in that but I mean yeah that's for them to deal with we (laughs) have enough going on with our own (laughs) yeah exactly exactly internal whatever we have and to deal with day to day so I um yeah basically I love the positivity that you offer among all the negativity and your willingness to share your experiences to help educate those that need it we will get more into that in a minute but start off with an easy one first how is your day going today my day's going pretty well, to be fair. I feel I've been quite tired a few days because I've been, Pride Month obviously is 
just happened mm. um and i feel like i've only just finished wrapping up pride month so i'm doing good i'm happy that i'm just sort of becoming very much more like empty in my schedule now i'm just gonna have like chill time with family and stuff but yeah i'm doing all right thank you for asking how are you are you okay yeah i'm good thank you i uh, yeah i've been very tired as well just a bit like going into bad habits of I've just re-downloaded TikTok because I'm sharing oh, yeah. podcast stuff on that. Yeah. And you know what, actually, I'm not going to slag it off because I've been quite surprised with how wholesome a lot of it is and quite nice. And I deleted Twitter recently for the opposite reason. I was just sick of like how shit it makes you. Oh, God, yeah. It take, like, I feel like Twitter, I, I used to love Twitter. I used to just use it for like my news feed type of thing. Like, oh, I'd see who yeah. like, you know, that was my newspaper, basically. And then I think it was like last year, I was like, I, th- I think especially since obviously it was taken over by Elon Musk and it just changed and it was very like, you'd get notifications for everything. And I was like, what's, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. I don't, didn't like it, but no, no. Obviously now we've got threads as well. That's a whole new platform. I know. I've dipped my toe into that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, same. Well, because I'm like, might as well make the might most. as well. But... but there's so many now. It's just like, it. it's making me go on my phone more than ever when I've <laughs> yeah got into good habits with it but mm. you know it's good for engagement I guess and getting the word out there so oh yeah use it in the I'm right sure. way then hopefully it doesn't get too unhealthy mm-hmm. but I would like to ask whether you'd like to run us through your journey with realizing and then fully stepping into your own trans identity Can yeah you go sure got the short version it's totally up yeah to yeah you. I mean so basically I kind of explained a little bit about it before um, yeah. in a nutshell but basically I was about 18 19 I had my first girlfriend and it was a long distance relationship she was down the south of England and I remember we were in Bristol holding hands and we were walking behind a boy and a girl holding hands too and at this point I was a girl I didn't question my gender identity at all at this point I didn't even knew my sexuality I knew I, I really found her attractive um but you know I couldn't look at other girls and find them attractive it was just very it was all new everything everything about my identity was new mm. um but yeah I remember getting really upset seeing this um straight couple holding hands in front of us and I, I couldn't think why I, I don't know what it was I, I thought maybe I've got like internalized homophobia because I'm not accepting myself. Maybe I'm jealous of them because they're straight and they have it easier because this was back in like 20, 2012. So it was all, yeah, like gay rights, like gay marriage wasn't even legalized back then. It was still very like, you know, it was, it was coming there, but it was still very weird in people's mm-hmm. minds. So yeah, I remember after that going on YouTube as every millennial did back then and, um, searching for all my problems through videos and just trying to find people I could connect with. And it was at the time where coming out videos were very prominent on YouTube. So I watched, religiously watched these videos of all these women talking about their sexualities being gay in hopes that I would connect with at least one. Um, And I didn't at all. And it used to really scare me. I would do it literally every single day after college or school, however I was in time. And I remember coming across this thumbnail of a guy and it was a coming out video. And I thought, well, maybe I'll connect with a gay man. Like at this point, I am desperate to connect with somebody and click the video. He's talking, tells me his story. And his story is basically him explaining how he's a trans man. So he was assigned female at birth and everything he said just checked a box for me. And I was thinking, oh my God, like this is why do I connect with this person? Please, please. No, I do not want this. This is the worst thing ever. Because again, Hmm. Coming from a rural area, it, at, I mean, at the time, um, we were living in like this tiny little Welsh village. We were living in a caravan at the time, a static caravan, because my dad's a builder. So he's always building houses and, you know, 
it was just like one of those moments where you're thinking I could literally not be in the worst, like I'm in the worst place ever right now. For like the area I'm in is just so beyond diverse. Like we're all white, straight, biblical people that just believe in Jesus. It's, it's just it's the worst place for me to be. And I'm just sat You're there like, in the oh, caravan. Shit. Yeah, I'm like in the caravan, like, oh shit, like what am I supposed to do? Uh, yeah, so I just, I guess I kind of just thought, right, it's one video. Surely I'm not going to connect. It was just one guy. Maybe his lifestyle was the same. I don't know. But I remember mm-hmm. just watching these everyday different trans men, all these different ones on YouTube. And everything they said just was like, yep, yep, yep. So obviously then I had to just go to the doctors and just be like, well, at first, obviously, I spoke to my mum. My mum's always been like my best friend and like my closest person. I have a twin sister as well. So obviously she's oh yeah so it was like really like chaotic so my yeah yeah, so my sister she was really struggling to get it she was really angry and it's kind of like it it is a grieving process because you've essentially in that moment you have lost that person in a sense like my mum says she may have lost a daughter but she's gained a son um and it's a cute yeah it's like a sweet but bitter sense like it's yeah but my sister and my dad they were the ones that really struggled to accept it right. uh, my sister would always say like you know because we were the stereotypical twins we did everything together you know everything and um, mm. she had the same room had the same friends and she just thought well surely she'd know like what this is not real like I would have known this all along or you know so it was it was difficult for her again biggest support now ever like you know which is really funny because she's also like super gay <laughs> so it's like obviously right. there was something in the water <laughs> I don't know what yeah, yeah. But yeah, we're both LGBT people, which is nice. Oh, and, that's great. Yeah. So obviously, and I've got a little brother as well. Yeah, yeah. And I've got, I've got a little brother as well. So my my little brother, how I describe him, he's a few years younger than us, but he's like the hippiest person ever. He accepted it. He was like, okay, what do you want me to call you? So I was like, oh, okay. perfect. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they're all great. Um, so I told obviously my family, 50% were like, mm, this isn't this isn't real it's not happening i'm not gonna accept it and then obviously yeah. the other half are like right well let's just go with it you know if it makes you happy it's happy went to the doctors didn't get the help i wanted obviously being in rural north wales they just thought i was crazy and yeah so they sent me to a psychiatrist to get monitored the psychiatrist was like come back in two years if you feel the same we'll have a chat yeah. obviously as a 19 year old who is very depressed as well at the time which they they knew i was going mm-hmm. through like i had I've been on medication since I've been 13. So I was really depressed. Um, and this obviously was like the next stage of like, okay, this is really pushing my limits now of my mental health. Anxiety was through the roof. I just, you know, couldn't do anything socially yeah. as a normal 19 year old should, you know, go out and have fun and, you know, make relationships, you know, start your life. And um, yeah, I just, I just couldn't do any of it. So, you know, I thought, right, I'll start university as the new me. So obviously going in as George, um, I, for my own sort of visual, the way I wanted to look was I wanted to cut my hair, obviously not saying all boys have to cut their hair, but for me, I wanted to cut my hair because I'd had long hair all my life. And I, I, you know, associated that with being feminine at the time. I wish I could grow a long hair now, but I feel like I just, my hairline's receding so slowly. So it's like, no, it's not happening. Um, <laughs> but yeah, jokes aside, I did all that, cut my hair, obviously started dressing how I wanted to dress, got my first binder, which is essentially like, I described them as like a corset for your chest. Like it really compresses your chest down. Yeah. And yeah, I just went to university as George. And that's kind of where my social, my social transition began. And then years down the line I was still very much you know adamant this is what I want to do with my life this is how I'm happy 
my parents came around to it. Fortunately for me, they were financially like able to help me, um, which is, you know, unusual, not unusual, but it's very unlikely for, you know, a lot of trans people to get financial help or be in the state where they can just go and do it. So I was super, super lucky for that. Mm. Um, and yeah, so that ever since then, I've obviously physically transitioned. So I began hormone therapy, got my top surgery. And it's been, you know, several years since. I think I've been on testosterone now for like eight years or maybe nine, coming up to nine, I think, which is, yeah. you know, so wild to think because it's as if, you know, I can blink and I was, you know, in that caravan crying. You know, it's it's so strange and surreal sometimes to think where I am now. And yeah, just that's kind of the story as quick as I can say it in a nutshell. Yeah. It's so amazing that you've come like full circle now from watching people's content and them helping you to accept yourself and now you're such an inspiring example to other people of you know self-empowerment and I actually did a little bit of a search on a a tool that I've got and I noticed that what gender am I gets 700 searches a month so okay wow it's there's a lot of people obviously like turning to the internet for clues around these kind of themes around gender oh yeah it's becoming such a not like a I did a um I w- went to London a couple of weeks ago to do a talk to um uh, like a, this, com- this company and um I had to do like some some research because they wanted to do like facts and stuff about um the rise of like transphobic stuff and all that stuff and um mm-hmm. one of the stats that I found was Gen Z are like I think it's Gen Z so all the younger generations below Gen Z um, they are like between three to seven times more likely to identify as non-binary or trans or basically not the gender they were assigned at birth as versus, you know, boomers or any other older generation. They're like way less of the likelihood, which yeah. really was like, oh, wow. Okay. So it's nice to know that the younger generation are, you know, becoming more open-minded and mm-hmm. even goes for the sexuality as well as like stats out of other show that so many of the younger generation are completely open sexuality wise. They're like, yeah, I don't care who I'm with as long as I find them attractive. It doesn't matter about the gender, which is really lovely to see. And it, you know, going back to just then when you were saying how, you know, younger me would have been sort of like mind blown by this. And I remember even like going on like my first dating app when I was, 19 or 20 or something and I hadn't started testosterone yet and I I remember thinking to myself how can I go on a dating app when people don't see me for the gender I want to be perceived as and you know in a time where again 10 years ago all the girls in the world were straight you know (laughs) you know I didn't know anybody that would find me attractive and be like you know just like me for me and not my you know birth gender so yeah yeah it was it was a it's a weird weird time um but a good time to be you know I guess around the community right now because it's just nice to see that things are changing slowly but surely yeah yeah younger people are so much more accepting of it and obviously there's a lot more education now as you say so it's great to hear that those stats kind of confirm that they are more willing to oh yeah set themselves and not live a life you know hiding and being something that they're not Mm -hmm. I think the thing that really makes me like really sad and angry is like all the people getting themselves all worked up about whether kids should be able to identify as this or that it's like the mental health impact is huge it's really like endangering lives and how could they not have compassion for that I just I just don't yeah like grown adults like it's yeah it's really horrible, but hopefully the the tide is changing, as you say. So want to know a little bit more about, I know you said your reasons for posting on LinkedIn originally with the post that you did around Pride. 
but did you kind of have in mind that you wanted to help others and move towards being a speaker and activist or did this kind of become clearer after you saw the reaction to your post yeah and it being so, like a planned mission yeah I mean it's to me so I decided I remember it being like the beginning of Pride Month last year and I thought I need I, I want to post something I need to post something and it came to like the very last day and I was thinking to myself, I, I need to post something because I, I can't just miss the opportunity of it being Pride Month. I'd seen all these posts on my LinkedIn feed from all these different LGBTQ plus, you know, accounts. And I was thinking, right, I, I need to just do something. And um, yeah, it had it, always been in the back of my head that I would love to go to like schools or it had always been schools in my head or like education side where I'd love to go in and talk to kids about, you know, how my life is now as like I'm a digital designer for a company I have a house I have a car a partner you know we're getting married next year I've got a dog just wanting to sort of like show that my life is so normal and not what maybe the media portray trans people as because I would have wanted to see that as a kid maybe that would have helped me discover myself a lot sooner so yeah that was sort of in the back of my head always uh just never knew how to get there because again I'm in such a rural area I don't know how the hell I'm supposed to do that. I don't have the resources around me. Obviously, I have the internet. So I decided to post just to hopefully educate a couple of ex-colleagues, maybe a few connections that maybe I knew of me. And I just, yeah, like I said before, I thought if I post this, I cannot ever take it back. If I say I'm trans to the internet, it is out there forever. I, you know, yes, on my personal Instagram, which I used to have a private account and now I've just opened it to the public because I thought I don't want to hide anything anymore. I'm just going to put myself out there. So all of my friends and like, you know, people in my life and my bubble, they all knew, obviously. A few people in work knew. It was never something I hid. If it came up in conversation, I would say it. I think it was just the older I got and the more comfortable I got on my own skin, which is just time, isn't it? And you don't have to be trans to relate to just being comfortable in your own skin. It's it's age. You just get, you know, it's like when you're a teenager and you're embarrassed by everything. And then you're like, I'm 30 now and I I don't find anything embarrassing. I'm just like, whatever. But yeah, I just remember thinking, right, why am I hiding this about myself when there's so much negative stories in the press and all over the internet about trans people? And I was just really sick of seeing it. So I thought, okay, well, maybe I can use my voice because I, in the community that I'm in, trans people are, unfortunately, they don't have the safety. A lot of them don't with, you know, their family may have neglected them and just like completely rejected them. And they've been kicked out of the house. They're on the streets. They're they're very unsafe. You know, the environment they're in or, you know, in several states in America, you can, and it's getting worse, as we all know, it's actually legal to be just fired for being trans. So I thought, well, like I said, I've got a house, a job you know a partner that loves me my family will support me my friends i am safe so why can't i just use the power i have now to just post on linkedin i'm not going to get any hate and what's the worst that's going to happen i'm going to get a nasty comment okay boohoo like that's not going to affect me hmm. so i posted it and then yeah it just it blew up and then since then i've had so much opportunities come my way to speak to different companies and it's it's definitely changed my my lifestyle for sure because i you know i thought i was just quite happy working a nine to five remote job doing little design things here and there for a company but you know I I still do love my job don't get me wrong but it's sort of like this side is like a passion thing where it's like Mm -hmm. wow I can actually do something that I'm passionate about and make a living out of that too potentially um which is wild but yeah so it's just it's kind of just come very much overnight not not expected whatsoever and yeah it's it's yeah it's it's super cool and 10 years ago I would never have believed this would happen 
Um, so it's a very, like you said, full circle, weird, like meant to be type thing, I think. Yeah, it's so amazing when you can find something like that, you know, that you are so passionate about and why wouldn't you be that's your own story like of course and I think often our purpose can come from our pain can't it so yeah when it can really feel inspiring and that's when you can really change lives and yeah it's incredible to see what's been the most rewarding aspect of it so far um I've got it right here actually so it's got a little stain on for my drinks but probably a bit blurry but obviously I know this is a podcast but I've got the blur effect on how classic let me turn that off but basically from posting on LinkedIn I um I had a few parents reach out which was obviously really lovely um oh. just how you know their children are trans and they basically just wanted to have some advice I guess and this mum reached out to me and she said that her 15 year old son's trans and I jumped on a video call with him because she said to me how Mm. he's struggling with school at the moment he's not been to school for a week he's really depressed he's I think he's, he was like I'd say like maybe a year into his gender identity journey and he's just really struggling so I thought right okay because what was happening I was literally I was reading every single message on my inbox on LinkedIn and it I was there for hours because again I'm not used to this life so I, I didn't think oh you can just ignore them I was like no I have to read every single one yeah and so I saw this one and I obviously was like, right, okay, this is, this is a child that needs help. I wish I could have had that. So I jumped straight on a call and blessed the mum. She was so, she was, you know, really like really grateful. And I was just thinking of my mum, like how my mum wished she'd had that as well. And yeah, he was, he was so quiet and shy, bless him. But he sent me this in the post and it was just so lovely. It's like oh, to George, God. like, thank you for giving me hope for the future. And it was just like, you know, lovely. And like, I, I always have that on my desk now. Like, it's always there to be like, right, oh. this is why I'm doing this because I'm helping people like that, you know, what I wish I had. So yeah, like it's, it's, that's the best thing that's happened. The most sort of like, the most important that's happened thing is just having a real impact. You can see the impact. It's not just a comment. It's actually seeing, you know, in, in person, like a physical thing, like, wow. Yeah. That's everything, isn't it? I mean, that yeah. just sums it up, you know, giving young people hope for the future. Oh, God. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a big why, isn't it? They always say, oh, yeah. Keep your why in mind when you're doing anything with their kind of passion work. Yeah. So that's so lovely. Yeah. That, that must make it feel. Oh, so God. Yeah. Yeah. It. <laughs> 10%. And um, I love that you're showing such a beautiful, proven example of how living in total authenticity and courageously meeting your own needs and speaking your truth is key to getting the life you want, regardless of others' expectations. But at the same time, how important do you think it is? I know you've mentioned that your family have been supportive. How important do you think it is that people do have these supportive people in their lives to be able to facilitate the self-acceptance and to have like that support network around oh, them? Yeah, I mean, it's so much more difficult without... I genuinely, I, I couldn't even imagine what it would be like. And like, like I said before, there are so many trans people that, you know, even I know of that don't have family support and their parents have literally just straight up neglected them or just rejected them um, for just being trans. I couldn't even imagine what my life would be like like that. So for to know that people have potentially lived like that is, you know, it's beyond my imagination. And I think that's kind of why why I'm pushing obviously on LinkedIn more is because the workplace we spend something like what is it like a th 
it's it's like a well i, don't, I can't remember the statistics but it's such a huge portion of our life in work so you know and we've, we've seen especially since covid we're all working remote mental health is more now than ever you know in our faces especially in the workplace we've got mm. you know, my company that i work for they have a well-being team you know I, I, 10 years ago that didn't exist no came, oh and that was it yeah but, yeah so it's it's just it's wild to see how important it has become in people people have finally realized that you know having acceptance is a huge part of someone's life because even in the workplace you know if they have no acceptance at home then the workplace is the next place that they're expected to get that. and if they, if they have none of that there as well who do they have to turn to for support they've got okay they can go to a counselor but you know that can cost money it can be very expensive um healthcare is a very you know it's a very 50 50 thing where it's either great or it can be really hard to get into especially trans healthcare because a lot of doctors don't know what to do and I, you know i remember 10 years ago doctors didn't know what to do with me because they didn't have experience in it mm. so it, it's 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 difficult but i think having sort of having support is so you know important like i remember um finding this group on facebook 10 years ago and it was specifically for trans men and i i have no idea how i even found it and I joined it and I it I didn't I never even like I used to post things every now and then but it was more just seeing people's posts on my Facebook feed and reading them and being like oh they feel the same way it, it, you're not alone and it goes for anything if you're you know depressed or you've been through a, a traumatic breakup and you read something that, that really resonates with you you immediately feel like you're seen or you're you're not alone in this in this dark world that's how I'd always felt I'd always felt like I'm like a freak I'm a weird person like I'm so alone like I'm the world's strangest person um so seeing this group of like you know hundreds of thousands of of different people that felt the exact same way as me that lived in the same country as me it was very much like wow this is like someone literally in our way is the same as me Mm. Um, I'm not different I'm not weird I'm the same I'm normal like all these other thousands of people so yeah having a community is so important I think it's just really vital to have especially in the workplace now because like I said all working remote we're at home potentially you know who knows that I'm sat here I don't have like a loving family behind me you know I may be just you know I could jump on this call now and maybe you're the only person I speak to all day about this do you know what I mean so it's Mm -hmm. so important to have that yeah yeah normalizing the experiences and just helping people to feel less alone you know if people don't have supportive family finding communities like you say it's it's absolutely vital it really and that goes for anything you know I mean and why I started the podcast as well it's like why I called it that same shit different brain because we all think in the thoughts that we think but actually there's always someone else and that's why talking about them is Mm -hmm. so so important so what do you wish that people would do to become better allies because clearly there are still some sections of society that still need a lot more educating about the trans experience and yeah another google search that i sat, saw gets 3500 searches a month for what is transgender yeah um i mean there's loads of stuff i mean i think people when they think when they get asked the question how do you be a better ally I think a lot of people think that's like a really um, complicated question and it, it's really not. It, it's how I always answer it is like, it's literally just, it's like asking, how do you be a good friend? But you just, oh. 
every trans person you're going to meet is never going to have the same story. You know, I, and this is why I always sort of preface this as well. Every time I talk and I haven't in this call, which until now Hmm. is how I'm speaking. Don't assume every other trans person is going to feel the same way as I do. I may say things that is completely different to how another trans man may say it. This is just obviously my own experience, my own journey, my own brain. So yeah, it, it's to be an ally. It's it's more than just you know having a pride flag on I don't know the bonnet of your car or something. Mm. It's just it's doing things like if you see or hear a comment being made about I don't know a friend or somebody on the street and you, it's not sitting right with you, say something, call it out. Obviously, mm. make sure you're safe. You're in a place where you know you're not vulnerable yourself. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like in the workplace, it could be something simple as adding pronouns to Teams calls or, you know, your email signatures. Because if you're emailing somebody and and people always get really confused with this because they're like, but I don't, I identify as the gender I was born with. So why do I need to have my pronouns? I look like a she, her, or I look like a he, him. It's like, right, okay, I get it. Like I, even me, like the past few months, I've realized I, I don't even have it on my call right now. It's just, it's just my name and email. I don't know why. Mm. But I've realized the past few months myself, I need to do that because I, me 10 years ago, I would have wished people would have had their pronouns on display on video calls because, you know, 10 years ago, I wasn't in the world of work yet. I wasn't working remote, especially that didn't exist. But had I been doing that and I was pre-testosterone and I still sounded feminine, maybe I looked very feminine to people, and I joined a new team. I'm in a video call with 10 other people. All they see is my name, but they don't see my pronouns. They may just think, oh, George is short for, for Georgina or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, they misgender me and that ruins my whole day. If not my whole time at work, I don't want to talk to anybody. It, it damages my work. You know, it's so important to just have like the small things like that. But as well, just, just asking individual people, you know, if, if you know a trans person or a gay person, you know, allies are allies. But if you know anybody that, you may think needs support or you know just ask them it's 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 down to the individual I think just being a good friend really that's that's pretty much all it is yeah I think people can get to in the heads about even people that want to help you know that might have good intentions but oh, yeah. perhaps some people just feel scared about looking awkward or getting yeah and I think if people have the right intentions then that's the thing yeah how I see it is there's there's never a bad question if you mean well Worst case scenario, if you have like a really like, I don't know, a question you think may be a bit too much, pull that person to the side. Don't ask in front of a crowd of people. Pull them to the side. Ask them. Because say, for example, you're in a room with someone that you know is trans and Mm -hmm. maybe a new staff has joined and they don't know that this person is trans. And maybe they start saying transphobic jokes. They're not aware that this other person is trans. Maybe pull your trans friend to the side and ask maybe how they want to deal with it. Maybe you could ask them hey, can I help, you know, deal with this for you? Maybe I, I could make, tell them what not to say or, you know, not necessarily out them, but just being there rather than just leaving that, them on their own to deal with it. Because otherwise, if we're all just going to leave that happen, it's never going to change. We're never going to normalize the world. We're never going to accept people for who they are. No, I, I did a podcast with a woman called Emma Jackson, and she was talking about allyship. She does a lot of coaching in that area for businesses. All right. And- summarized it quite well she said being a good ally is clearing obstacles out of people's way and then stepping the foot back <laughs> that's good yeah yeah that's a good way of saying it yeah because no one wants like something handed to them obviously but we can all do more to just to help, help. yeah 
Yeah. And what are the things that impact your own mental health the most? It's a weird one because it's actually something that I've realized as of recent. I don't know if I've got like, so like I, I said before, Ever since I was about 13, I was diagnosed with depression and it, it runs in my family. My mum has it, her mum has it. So I've always just thought, okay, like it's like a biological thing. I've got a chemical imbalance. I just need to take these tablets and I'm good. So I don't know if like that's what my brain is like now. And I've been relying on these tablets because the second I forget to take them for a few days, I really do feel it. But then obviously coming to terms with my gender and now being almost, you know, 10 years in my journey and I've accepted myself and I'm comfortable with myself. I don't know if I even have like you know there's nothing really that impacts my mental health anymore it's 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 hard to say like I always think do I need to be on these tablets anymore but obviously that's a whole other different conversation but yeah I can't think of anything that really impacts my mental health it, it's it's it would take a lot now which obviously years ago it didn't take a lot at all it would pick I mean, one comment of someone misgendering me in the day or something in university that would ruin me for about a week or a month yeah. and now it's like I, I think I've just I don't know I've learned not to care about what people think well that's good that's yeah great. yeah I think it's just just to protect yourself if any I think I've just had to do that over the years but yeah I guess it's a good answer I've, I find it difficult to find something that impacts mental health <laughs> that's a good answer yeah. right yeah that you know it, it could be uh you could be spoiled for choice and trying to pick a hundred things yeah, yeah exactly I'm, I can't think of anything so we'll go with that it's a good yeah, thing that's good I mean you know you've faced everything head on and you've put it all out there so that is building resilience isn't it and that I think yeah I, I was hundred percent. I was, I was talking to you so my partner really the day I was talking to her about um so I went to hospital literally last night again this is such a weird like off topic thing but real quick went to hospital last night to get a ultrasound because I want to get a hysterectomy a full hysterectomy because I'm pretty sure I'm dying down there like it's just like I have pains it's not good and I went to the hospital and, and I was like asking the nurse because I'd had one like a few years ago and they didn't know and obviously they see everything on the screen and they just have this man lying on on the bed and they're about to look at the screen and see things that they're going to think, what? <laughs> so I remember being like, right, just before you scan me, just mm. to prepare you, it's not a men in black situation where you're going to see some weird alien thing. I was born female. And they're like, oh, thanks for telling us because it wasn't on the screen. It's like, right, okay. This is what I mean by healthcare. They don't have anything there oh. to prepare them. And yeah, so we were walking to the hospital yesterday and then she just said to me randomly it's so strange to see how far you've come from the beginning of our relationship almost six years ago to now where six years ago I, I wouldn't want to tell anybody like it was very much like we tell our close friends my family your family if they have to know but that's it and then to now where I will quite happily just tell everybody anything and yeah it's, it's just it's like a full circle moment where I'm just trying to not care about what people think because she's just basically said it's like a nice thing to see. And I, I realize it's kind of like I'm giving myself therapy, like exposure therapy, I guess, because yeah. I'm having to go and talk to a room of full of random people I've never met, show them pictures of my childhood, pictures that I don't, you know, I wouldn't choose to look at pictures of myself wearing makeup and having long hair, but I'm forcing myself to do it in a healthy way. But obviously don't have to do it, but it's good. It is good for me. It's like, you know, it's for anybody. If you've got, if you've been through something, sometimes it's good to just take it head on and just try to talk yourself through it and just be like, right, no, this has happened. It's all good. You're happy now. You're fine. So it's, yeah, it's, it's strange. And I feel like I'm still coming around to it. And yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. It's a weird time. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you're doing like this kind of work and being an advocate and, talking about your own experiences it's like this amazing symbiotic thing where you want to help other people but you continue to like get benefit from it yourself like it's the same yeah 
with me, like I said about talking about ADHD, it's just like, yeah, you continue to accept yourself, continue to learn and continue. Exactly. To- learning is it's such a thing. I'm still learning now about everything, you know, so much. And even my own community, I'm learning still. So it's yeah. never going to be something you don't, you don't stop learning about yourself. Yeah, definitely. And what would you tell other people going through the sorts of issues such as depression that you've faced in the past? Yeah. I mean, Obviously, if it's if it's mental health, definitely see a doctor because you know that's the best thing, isn't it? Um, talk to friends and family, get support that way. You know, maybe they can help you with things as well. Maybe it's just talking to somebody. Or maybe that's all you need sometimes. But yeah, if you're if you're struggling with gender identity, just I think it is just do your research. It's like you know what I did is I did my research. I found things that helped me. Maybe it is watching a YouTube video. Maybe it's watching a TikTok because obviously TikTok exists now, and there's loads of trans guys doing first traps on there. You know, whatever there is that like you find helpful just look out for it because you know 10 years ago there wasn't much out there i found it nowadays there are so many things out there that, that help there's so much helpful resources out there so yeah i think just just do your research you'll find some help definitely i'll be shocked if you don't <laughs> just make sure you're you're certain it's not something that you're just gonna go out and be like right this is me now you, you've really gotta you've gotta dive into yourself and really ask a lot of difficult questions and just sit with yourself for a long time I think it's kind of like meditating in a way really gotta go deep and just be like right okay is this what I want you know this is what may have to happen I may have to physically change my body you know is this something I'm prepared to do it's 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 a lot it's not something you can just decide overnight I think that's what people get confused with is they seem to think trans people can just change the bodies overnight and then it's so easy it's it's, it's oh yeah like it would ever be that (laughs) I I just there's no logic where do we but, I know yeah it's yeah no arguing with these people <laughs> God, no. so when you do have a rare bad day what is your coping method these days I mean these days it's basically just like I mean either me and my partner will just like we usually just sit in the same room because obviously we've lived together for like two years but a house good like I think it's any couple as long as you're sitting in the same room it's like you can be doing different things like you could be scrolling on the phone I could be on my playstation or whatever I'm happy to sit in the same room or like have a just sitting with my dog, cuddling my little sausage dog. Mm. And yeah, it's just like, the, it's very like wholesome things, I guess, spending time with family. Yeah, just very little things like that make me feel a lot better. I think hugging my dog is definitely up there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And being there that I just sometimes forget and then I'm like, oh, yeah, that'll solve everything. <laughs> everything. Everything is solved. Yeah. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what to do without him. What's your dog? So she's called Luna. She's five in August. She's a sausage dog. Oh, and I, uh, I, she, she is my world. Like my partner makes jokes saying, if there was ever a house fire, that I would save her before my partner. It's like, (laughs) yeah, Uh, I know that feeling. Mine's twelve now, and I've had him pot, and I just like they'll do against more and make sure I'm like squeezing him. I always do that. Yeah, it was either the day she's like, why is she sleeping? Why does she have to be cuddling you all the time? Like she doesn't live for long like I have to make the most of every hug gotta get the quota in yeah god yeah <laughs> and uh what's one thing that you would like to tell the younger version of yourself I mean I guess it's exactly what little note on my desk says like there is hope for the future don't just give up don't quit now you will come out of that dark cloud and it, that's my mum used to always say it. it's just a dark cloud it'll go over soon and obviously she was right. It did go over. We can see the sun now. Blue skies. Yeah. It's just realizing that there is hope for everybody. That it's not just, you know, you're not one person in the world that the hope doesn't exist for. It does exist. It will come. It just takes some time, patience, a lot of patience. 
yeah i think especially for young trans men i guess for trans women as well what i used to find that helped me sometimes it didn't help me sometimes it made me very like jealous but i would watch videos of trans men who had been on testosterone for several years or months and they'd started physically changing their beards and their voices were deeper like you know, I remember watching like a video of them day one of testosterone versus day 672 or whatever it was. And, you know, the, seeing the differences, it, it used to excite me and be like, okay, I will get there. I will get there. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, just telling myself that I will be that person one day, that gave me hope. So I think just reminding yourself, you will get to that stage at some point. It, maybe not today, but it, it will happen. Yeah. It's so powerful, isn't it? Like just take some time to talk to that little version of ourselves. yeah it, like looking at yourself in the mirror and just saying it's gonna happen it will happen uh, yeah. it sounds silly but it, you know you've really got to just talk to yourself sometimes and just talk i guess some sense into you and be like right no it's going to happen like manifest it if anything yeah i've got a photo of me as a child um on my side of my bedroom someone gave yeah. me a it's like it's harder when you on the days when you've been really hard on yourself and getting frustrated with yourself if you look at that picture it's hard that's good yeah directing it at that younger version of yourself that's good yeah that's that's powerful powerful. (laughs) I always look at like the younger version of myself I'm like oh that's cute cute. you you can't do it damn you can't wow (laughs) let's try that yeah and what is next for you in terms of future ambitions with all of your great work that you're doing I mean, I think it's it's very much all up in the air. I think anything, anything can happen at this point. Mm-hmm. I've got um speaking of obviously we mentioned schools before and education. I've had um so this company called Milk Education approached me. Ah, and yeah, I know. Yeah, that. And, and they've um asked if I'd like to be their one of the LGBTQ plus ambassadors. Brilliant. So it means I can go to schools and like talk about me being trans, um, which is great because they've got um they've currently got one guy there who's trans, um, he's called Charlie. And he goes to schools and he talks about his transition. And um, mm. I think what would be different between me and him is I think I think he's quite early on in his physical transition. Maybe he's like a year or two versus me, who's now a lot. I think I'm like almost 10 years older than him as well. So we're quite different. Now. We've got obviously very different like timescales of transition wise. But what was lovely is I heard a story that he went to a high school and I think it was like a year nine. He had a whole year nine in one hall and he was doing this talk about everything and um after the talk, one of the kids came over to him and, and explained that they're trans as well, but nobody oh. knows. So he, Charlie, helped the little, the little kid, like, I guess, come out to the entire year. And yeah. it made that kid's day. And, like, you know, that, that made that, and everyone cheered and everyone was really happy. So it goes back to, you know, it's lovely to see nice comments and stuff on the posts I make. It's lovely to see everything, you know, on a screen. That's great. But when it's in person and you're helping, especially a child, it's like, wow, it's like a, it's almost like you're being the superhero you wish you had. Do you know what I mean? It's like, like you said, you're looking at a photo of yourself, you know, what would, what would she want? You know, it's like that. So that'll be really cool. I hope that happens, but. Oh, that'd be amazing. That'll yeah. be so rewarding. Yeah, I, I hope so. And then I've got a similar thing. So another, another sort of like group of people. So this guy, Ollie, He's got um, this thing going called Lights on Wellbeing. It's currently Lights on Mental Health, but he's changing its wellbeing. And he's basically got a team that's just started in January, still get, like still starting up slowly, but he's just managed to get a team of us all together. He's been trying to find different people in different areas for different things. And um, so basically just people with different stories that he can take to different companies and just go and do talks basically about, you know, what it's like to be trans, what it's like to be neurodiverse, all this stuff. So 
really cool stuff um really powerful stories i had an actual meeting with him via zoom literally the other day about six of us and they're all introducing themselves all their really cool stories so yeah exciting stuff hopefully it you know becomes more more frequent it's it's it is tiring like you know pride month was the first time i've actually had like multiple talks like in person especially like going I had to drive like an hour and a half to stoke and then i'd travel down to london for the day and then back the same day wow very tiring but yeah it's it's exciting it's you know it's so much different when it is like a passion of yours when it's when it's when it hits home it's it's not like it's not work is it it's like you know it's weird it's like a nice it's really um fulfilling so yeah hopefully just more things like that yeah exciting stuff happening hopefully soon oh that's so great i can't wait to see more from that and it's yeah it's just so lovely that we can people can get to go and do this amazing work just from you know being themselves and yeah exactly gorgeous message and last question what's your go-to song or songs that always make your day or lift your mood oh, I, i'm just so bad at answering any sort of like music questions i was like what's your favorite band or song I, not even band it's what's your favorite song i i don't have a favorite song i have favorite songs um, yeah. but like if it was like my favorite band's like the 1975 coldplay so i like a bunch of their songs pretty much any all of their songs but i feel like if it's like to lift my day it would have to be and it's quite lame but we're going with it it would have to be like disney channel <laughs> like demi lovato that's a raven like something yeah. you know, from like two, like 2007 like that sort of like nice. the songs back then Golden era. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like the best time where they were all friends and they all sang together yeah anything like that that's like that where they're singing about like being strong and you know i don't know i like that that's always like a like a i guess it's anything from like childhood that's sort of like nostalgic yeah uh, be like rihanna always a good one yeah i don't I know it's a hard one but i just i like songs like that just nostalgia from like maybe i was a teenager where like, i guess they really helped me i guess like i feel like songs nowadays i don't really care for i'm like yeah i like that song because it sounds great whereas as a teenager i listen to every lyric and be like that's me yeah. um, whereas now like if it sounds fun it's fun but yeah not the greatest answer for that sorry but no, Disney, we'll, we'll go Disney. Sorry. there's a good selection there i've got yeah, a selection playlist on spotify that i <laughs> tracks on so i can i can pick a few from those okay okay cool cool <laughs> but yeah i've something i've been doing lately because i just get stuck of inspirations like putting the albums on that i loved when i was a teenager and listening yeah that's finish and you, you feel like those same you remember how you were feeling it's strange it's isn't strange it? i was listening to um owl city last night so like, oh, a, like not just the fireflies but like all the album like I, I listened to a few snippets i was like whoa i haven't heard this in years and it was like that <laughs> feeling came back of oh that's weird yeah it really does yeah, yeah. what would we do without music because he used to have to rely on like lime wire to get it oh my <laughs> gosh yeah oh god god yeah weird on the dial up on the old dial up too <laughs> painful <God. laughs> Well, thank you very much for chatting to me. I've really enjoyed getting to meet you and hearing more about your story and all the best thank of luck. Thank you. Well, it's been lovely, lovely chatting with you. Hopefully we can speak again soon. Yeah, I'd love to. And congratulations on the engagement as well. Oh, thank you. Thank the you. Wedding planning. Yeah, we're getting married next year. We're having a, it's not the norm wedding. Uh, we're having an outdoor woodland wedding actually in Cheshire. So super super pretty it's it's really beautiful place yeah so exciting times i'd love to do it outside amongst all the trees and... oh yeah we, we actually got really lucky as well we got we got it and so we went just for like a, a like a it was a private viewing we're like oh let's book in a viewing maybe they got an open day they were like no you can come in whenever and i think they've only ran since like i think literally like a year before covid and it was literally the closest one to us as well it's an hour away 
um, which is close when you're from Wales. Um, mm-hmm. And we went there and we just fell in love with it. We, we, we had the idea of we're just going to go and host our own in like a forest near us and just like try and get away with it. But like logistics wise, that wouldn't work out. It'd be so chaotic and stressful. Um, at least going the traditional, you pay for it way. You don't have to worry. It's all done for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. So we just we just fell in love with it. And um, we thought, right, well, it's too good to be true. We're going to get to sitting down now. He'll go, right. These are the dates I have. And it's going to be like December or not December, but like, not, we won't, I'd love a snowy wedding, don't get me wrong, but it would be one of those months where the weather doesn't go to plan for you. Like it may be raining or like, you know, soggy or whatever. And um, yeah, like, yeah we've got the end of July. I'm like, okay, perfect. That should be like sunny, nice weather. So yeah. Uh, so, oh, well, that's great. I'll uh, look out for <laughs> pictures. I know it's a bit of a while off yet, but I'm sure. Yeah, no, I'm sure I'm definitely going to post some pictures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, enjoy the rest of your evening and catch up with you at some other point, hopefully. You too. All right. Speak soon, Becky. Bye. See ya. Bye. How amazing is George? He's just so lovely, and I have so much admiration for what he's doing. That was such an emotional moment when he showed me the note from the little boy. So powerful. And I also loved what he said to his younger self and anyone else navigating their trans identity journey. You're not the only person hope doesn't exist for. So gorgeous. I hope you enjoyed the chat with George. And if you like the show, please take a minute to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or give it five stars on Spotify. Have a good fortnight and I'll be back with another episode very soon. Bye for now.